Welcome, hour number four of the Bill Michaels Show, and we are live. We're out here in Eau Claire, beautiful Eau Claire, hanging out, enjoying the weather. It's warmed up significantly in the 69 that it was a little bit earlier today when the clouds covered the area, and now uh, it's broken, basically blue skies, some white puffy clouds floating around, and uh, a nice day. Uh, but if you're a Brewers fan, maybe you're a little sad just for the fact that Josh Hader has indeed been traded to the San Diego Padres for four additional players. So we'll talk more about that coming up here in just a bit. Um, so hang in there. Uh, but I, I do want to talk some more Packers football. Joining us now on the hotline, Peter Bukowski, Locked on Packers podcast, at Peter underscore Bukowski, joining us. Pete, how you been, buddy? I'm, I'm good. It's been a it's been a busy day. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right, the Packers practice today. But there, there's, there's right. been a lot going on. Yeah, it's uh, we are in the throes of uh, of news, I guess, for lack of a better term. You got Deshaun Watson today. The ruling being handed down, and and uh, the uh, the ruling basically chastising both the NFL and Watson uh, when you saw the explanation. And then on the other hand, you got the Brewers making news with the trade uh, Josh Hader. In the meantime, the Green Bay Packers threw the shoulder pads on today. So early on in camp, uh, first of all, what have you seen? What are your thoughts? Give me that first of all. Well, I think the, the thing that we always have to remember is the defense is going to be ahead of the offense. And so when you hear offensive players standing out, it should make you stand up and take notice a little bit, especially when it's a rookie. So someone like Romeo Dubs, or who has been you know, the talk of training camp, him standing out early, I, I think really speaks to um, his talent and his ability. And, and, and I think Packer fans should rightly be really excited about what he can be. Um, the, the fit that he brings. Um, but that being said, over the last couple of days, it's been, it's been defense, defense, defense. And the defense looks fast. I mean, when was the last time, Bill, this defense looked fast? And that's exactly right. what it is. I mean, you, you saw it in flashes last year, especially when Devondre Campbell was really humming when you had Jair Alexander out there. We saw it in full force in that 49ers game against a team that can make you look slow. The 49ers, we think of them as this power run team. But think of two years ago. In, in the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. when the 49ers made them look slow. Um, and it's because of what they can do downhill and sideline to sideline. Well, the Packers have, have really made some changes there. That's what Quay Walker is about. That's what Devontae Wyatt is about. That's what bringing in someone like Devondre Campbell is. Eric Stokes runs 4-2. I mean, they, they have added so much speed to this defense that for all the questions about the receiver position, um, the, the early returns on this defense, and we're going to see it, I think, more as the pads come on. You mentioned the shoulder pads today, full pads tomorrow. It's not a coincidence that all of a sudden you're seeing Jerron Reed's name pop up. You're seeing Devontae Wyatt's name pop up because these trench players, they're going to start to show up once the pads come on. Um, uh, you go back to the speed side of things. I know you talked about Devontae Campbell, but from what I understand and what I've seen, Preston Smith looks quick, and Rashawn Gary really looks quick. I mean, you talk about even getting faster or quicker off the line from what we saw last year. It looks like both of those guys have gained a step, doesn't it? I think I think Rashawn Gary, the thing about Rashawn Gary is it the physical tools were always there. They needed to be focused in the right direction, and they needed to be used properly. And one of the really cool things Joe Barry did last year was he said, all right, enough of trying to make Rashawn Gary P.J. Watt or someone who's going to really bend the edge and and get skinny and and slither around the corner. Let's widen his alignment. 
and let's let him just run through offensive tackles chest. And it turns out when you give someone who's 6'5", 270, that has the kind of get-off that he does, that has the kind of upper body strength that he does, all of a sudden he becomes a real problem. And then when you, when you add in the work ethic that he has to get better, um, I was talking to Eddie McGilvera, who, who works with Kenny Clark regularly, but also has had Rashawn Gary out there for a tune-up and, and Devontae Wyatt and some of these other guys out there. The, the hand usage is the latest thing in the arsenal. And now it's, it's not that he didn't know what he was doing out there before. Now it's, it's a lot more just natural to say, okay, I've got these handful of pass rush moves. I'm just going to throw them. I'm just going to use, I'm just going to throw my hands here. I just know instinctively what to do with my hands. If an offensive lineman quick sets me here, okay, now I have this counter in his arsenal. And I think what it's doing is his preparedness and his experience has now allowed him to just play. And when you can do that with someone with his physical tools, he looks faster. He looks more explosive. He looks more dynamic, even though the tools have always been there. He's finding a way to focus them now. And, and I've been saying this all offseason. This is the year of the Rashawn Gary ascension into legitimate star range. I thought he was a Pro Bowl caliber player last year. Um, did not make the Pro Bowl. I think I, I think there there won't be any question this year if he stays healthy that he will absolutely be a Pro Bowl player. His gifts are incredible. The and Mike Clemens was on earlier, and the only concern is the depth at linebacker, the depth specifically at the outside linebacker position on this team. Um, you know, we all know they're solid up front. They've obviously added Devontae Wyatt, who you mentioned, Jerron Reed. You're hoping that T.J. Slayton takes that next step. But when it comes to the outside rush, man, you're thin. You you got Preston Smith, obviously, Rashawn Gary, uh, Bari, uh, But you really don't have much after that. You know what I mean? Typically, uh, you, 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 boy, you're, really, yeah. you're, you're starting to reach, man, if those guys go down. Yeah, I, I think I think Barry is someone who can come in right away and be a part of your rotation. I, I have, I was an early Jonathan Garvin um, player. I thought he had some nice potential, and we just never really saw it come together. Now he's still a young player, and then maybe he's able to to make some improvements. But I just I didn't see the physical kind of of makeup that I wanted to see early in his career. I, I think Barry can can be a nice rotational player, but I, I think what's going to have to happen is. It's going to be a little bit like Odell Beckham Jr. There is going to be one of these pass rushers, these veterans, like last year, Whitney Merciless, gets bought out and he gets to decide where he wants to go. And the Rams are probably going to be in the market for a pass rusher because they're one short. They actually don't even have two quality edge guys to play. Luckily, the Packers do. Um, and so I think that they're going to be, I even in my in my uh, 53-man projection for the leap, um, I, I put in a veteran TBD on outside linebacker because I just assume at some point, maybe even before the season starts, someone will be brought in as a veteran to play there. The, the Packers are just waiting um, to, to bolster that spot. Last year, uh, they did it out of necessity, right? Zadarius Smith gets hurt, uh, and you just didn't have anybody else. Rashawn Gary was dealing with um, some injuries early, so you had to go get Whitney Merciless. I think I think they they would be wise to be uh, proactive in that situation. The question is, who is it going to be, and and can they actually move the needle for you? Now, if you don't have major injuries, if Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary play 17 games, you're fine. You're fine with them playing 80 percent of snaps. 
But if one of them gets hurt, yeah, you're right. Now all of a sudden you have real issues um, with your pass rush, and you hope um, that the coverage would give you the chance to mitigate some of those issues just because if the quarterback has to hold it that extra half second, now you're giving your front that extra half second to get into the quarterback's lap. The uh, the wide receiving core, which we've talked a lot about, I said at the beginning of the season, now I didn't anticipate Christian Watson having knee surgery by any stretch. But I said, look, the guy that I thought would be the impact player this year that I thought had more right now ability was Dubs. And, and he's turning out to be that guy, not because Christian Watson just is, is down with a knee injury, but I think Dubs had a little more polish to him. And do you see him... I mean, I know we're talking about Sammy Watkins and maybe picking up for what, you know, Devonta Adams left behind, we'll say, when it comes to catches. But I see Dubs becoming, him and Alan Lazard becoming maybe the two go-to guys for Aaron Rodgers, even over Sammy Watkins. Do you? So I think there is what the intended plan is and then what will end up happening. I think the plan is for Sammy Watkins to be that guy. But you and I agree on, on the situation with Dubs. Um, I, I said on my show really immediately, I, I thought that I thought Christian Watson had more potential. He's got more talent. He's got more ability. And I think in a year or two, he can be a really good player. I think he has the potential to be a true number one in this Packers offense. But I think that Romeo Dobbs has more ability and more polished to be ready right away. And I think that that is, that is so far borne out. Now, on the other hand, um, the Packers love Christian Watson. They love, love, love him. Uh, Matt LaFleur raved about how quickly he picked up what they were doing in the spring in OTAs, how quickly he got on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. That being said, um, I don't know about you, Bill, but when Aaron Rodgers said, I, I like production over potential, I felt like that was aimed directly at Christian Watson <laughs> because he was mm-hmm. a pick that felt very much like a potential over production because he produced very little in college. Part of that is the offense that he was running. Um, so maybe he's a little bit more behind the eight ball there when now being hurt, you know, now coming off the, he had a, he had a cleanup surgery um, coming out of the, or had an injury coming out of OTAs, um, trying to work his way back. That, that you need, you need these reps with Aaron Rodgers. You need Aaron Rodgers to trust you. And we're already seeing um, Rodgers do the thing that he loves to do. And that is, eh, let me take some risks here in training camp and see who I can trust and who I can't. Had one to Juwan Winfrey on one, I think the second or third day of practice, where it was just like, I'm just going to chuck this down there and see if Juwan Winfrey can make a play. And guess what? He did. Um, if you're not getting those opportunities with Aaron Rodgers, uh, it's going to be a longer road for him to to earn that kind of trust. That being said, the physical gifts for Christian Watson are just, I mean, we haven't seen someone like this with the Packers, uh, coincidentally, since Javon Walker. I don't think we've, we've seen someone that has his ability, his size, his speed, his run-after-catch ability. Um, not, to, not to say he's going to be the best receiver of the last 20 years for the Packers, but I just think physically we haven't seen someone with his gifts in a long, long time. And with Aaron Rodgers, you know, that's not going to be enough. You, you, have to be, you have to be in the right places at the right time. Go ask Jeff Janis if tools are enough. They're mm-hmm. not. Um, and so, the so let me ask you this real quick because I I, I want to go to the Christian Watson one more thing because you brought something up and I'm, I'm I'm focusing on it when he said I'll take production over over you know the the future over the potential I, my and, and we talked about Christian Watson being down now 
But then I, 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 I find myself literally getting mad because I'm thinking to myself, you would know what this guy had if you were there at these OTAs working with this guy and building that relationship rather than saying, learn from Randall Cobb, I'll see you when I see you, and now he's down with an injury because then you had just said it. Then he's got to come back and he's got to earn the trust. Had Aaron Rodgers been there, he actually would have known a little bit more about the kid at this point rather than saying he's just a guy with potential, so therefore I'm not going to trust him yet. You know what I mean? That 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 in its essence pisses me off. I'm I'm I I have to tell you I was smiling listening to you to you say that because you are you are so absolutely right and and I thought it was interesting. Um, I had um, Kirsten Moran on. She she covered the the Wolfpack for uh, Nevada Sportsnet and and when Rogers was was in Tahoe for the ACC championship, she asked him, "So what do you think of Romeo Dobbs?" And he said, "Well, I've only met him the one time, and that was because he was at mandatory minicamps." And and this is exactly to your point. There were weeks, I think three weeks of OTAs where Rodgers could have been helping get these guys ready and not don't, don't go to the, the Randall Cobb school, which is, you know, a fine school. It's a, it's a middle tier school. I went to Syracuse. Let's, let's put it there. It's a Syracuse school, but, but Aaron Rodgers school, that's an Ivy league school. You need, you need that education. You need, you need Aaron Rodgers one Oh one. And, and to not have that, I think you're, I think you're, uh, I don't want to say hurting the team, but you're certainly preventing your guys to be maximally ready. And and Matt LaFleur talked about it today when he was asked about, what, you know, what, what the concern was for Christian Watson. And he mentioned, look, there are things at the line of scrimmage that our quarterbacks are going to do that you can't simulate in a meeting. And you can't just on the sidelines be watching. You have to be out there. You have to see it through these eyes. And to not have that is essential. And, and for Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's going to say, well, it's more important for me to, to not have those those miles put on my arm, Matt Lafleur said it looked like he'd been throwing all off season. I don't think he was, because he needed the rest. And that's Aaron Rodgers taking care of his body. And and you know I think we have to trust him on that part of it. But at the same time, there is of course value in having had him there. Um, had he been there, he wasn't. And so now you have set back the development of Christian Watson in a way that that did not have to happen had Aaron Rodgers actually been at these OTAs. Real quick before I let you go, we're talking with Peter Bukowski from the Locked On Packers podcast at Peter underscore Bukowski. Offensive line, somewhat of work in progress. They're moving around Zach Tom, Sean Ryan. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do with or without David Bakhtiari, obviously without Elton Jenkins. The offensive line, we don't talk about it because we just assume with Butkus and company it's going to be good, you know, and Stenovich and everybody that's worked on that, that, that offensive line over the last couple of years. It's just whoever they put there turned out really, really well. But don't you have in the back of your mind like this genuine concern like, holy mackerel, if you don't have Bakhtiari and you don't have Elton Jenkins, the possibility of starting a rookie at a tackle position becomes very real. And you just hope to God that they these guys are good enough to be able to do so. Otherwise, that could derail your season in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it's week one against the Minnesota Vikings, a division rival that, that, know, that know what you want to do, that know who you want to be. You know, we'll see if, you know, Daniel Hunter, what the situation is there. Uh, luckily, that's not a team that is that is replete with pass rushers. But um, Zadarius Smith, you know, Zadarius Smith would love nothing more than to, to get after Aaron Rodgers in, in a week one game against a rookie tackle. So we saw David Bakhtiari, uh, uh, David Bakhtiari out there in the rehab group doing actual work on the field for the first time in a long time. Um, and I think that's a good sign. He seems to be in a good place about it. 
Um, I, I, I've talked to some people. Um, the the level of concern in the building about David Bakhtiari, they're they're coincidentally being a little bit cagier about it publicly than privately is what I'll say. Um, I, I think they feel pretty good about where he is. He feels pretty good about where he is. He said he feels much better now than he did a year ago at this time, which is which is very important because apparently he was not in a good place uh, this time last year. Um, so, yeah, then, then it's how good is Zach Tom? How good is Sean Ryan? Can Royce Newman play tackle? Um, so you're either starting Josh Nyman at left tackle and Royce Newman at right tackle, in which case Royce is not a rookie, but it's his first time starting at tackle, or – uh, you have Josh Nyman at right tackle, presumably where he'll play until Elton Jenkins gets back, and and a rookie uh, Zach Tom at left tackle. Now Tom has looked good early, um, and and so that's a that's a really nice place to be. Uh, I, I thought he had really good tape. I thought he was a day two kind of player. So you're I think you're getting you know added value there. Maybe he's the next in a long line of fourth round hits um, for the Packers at offensive line, going back to T.J. Lang and David Bakhtiari and Josh Sitton. And I still really like Sean Ryan, um, who, who I think can can compete to win this year um, that that right guard spot. But all that being said, you're absolutely right in in the concern level um, of of having to start rookies. Now I am at the moment not concerned about that because I think David Bakhtiari is going to be out there. But that being said, I'm like Matt Lafleur. I, I said this last year. I said David Bakhtiari is going to play Week One, and and let me tell you, uh, Twitter has not let me forget that I said that. Um, it turns out things you say on the internet stay there for a while. So, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, that's, that's, uh, not, not always to my benefit <laughs> when I'm making those. Yeah, kinds of no things. doubt. Peter, good stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. And we will talk again soon as the, uh, the preseason gets underway. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, buddy. Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers podcast. You can find him at Peter underscore Bukowski, B-U-K-O-W-S-K-I. Find his stuff there. Good to get him on. For those that are just tuning us in, the breaking news of the day, the Milwaukee Brewers have indeed traded away Josh Hader to the San Diego Padres. We'll talk more about that when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Water Doctors. John Atley and the gang, H2, the letter O, doctors.com, H2, the letter O, doctors. Dot com. Terrific, terrific company, and they do a lot for veterans as well, which is another big reason that I I just uh, I can't sing their praises enough. Not only do I love the water softening system, it's the best I've ever had. I had two, not one, but two of the other majors that claim they're great, that claim their service is awesome. Both were dismal failures. I put the Connecticut system in my house. I have not worried about it since. It's been over almost 15 years now that I've had this system, and it's absolutely fantastic. I love it, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I just, I'm a water drinker, and I love water. I love uh, the, uh, the the cleanliness of the whole thing and the process and the fact that it doesn't use my electricity, and I just I just love it. Uh, I love the water doctors. H2, the letter O, doctors.com. Get a hold of John. John Atlee's the owner. H2, the letter O, doctors.com. More of the Bill Michaels Show, more of your reaction to Josh Hader being traded away to the San Diego Padres. That is coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. Hang in there. Stay tuned. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. If you're just tuning us in, Josh Hader traded. Brewers closer's been traded to the San Diego Padres. And uh, and now, you know, the Brewers get uh, Taylor Rogers, the left-handed closer 
for the uh, for the San Diego Padres. They get uh, Asturi Ruiz, the outfield prospect, uh, Denilson uh, Lamette, who is a right-hander, and Robert Gasser, who is a left-handed prospect. So they get a closer. They get some prospects. They get some you know people that maybe can come up and help them in the here and the now. Maybe you can deal um, a couple of those guys as far as a package goes if you want to continue to make additional moves. Reaction continues to pour in as uh, the Brewers made that move. And now uh, we uh, we just kind of sit back and wait for this whole thing to, to matriculate. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you've got uh, the Deshaun Watson ruling of six games, which is – somewhat changed the perspective of many, um, you know, as far as whether or not uh, the, the the NFL is doing anything and everything it can to, quote, save face and whether or not Roger Goodell is going to do something different. That's another headline today. The Packers putting the pads on, practicing today. Got a lot going on. This is from uh, number one Pack Attack uh, Packer dude who says, I believe Hater was overrated when it comes to big games. He's awesome in the regular season with mowing down regular season teams. But when it comes to the best teams in the league, he is human, not untouchable. I think we uh, come out on top with this trade. Here's the thing, though. When you talk about the best teams, he was mowing everybody down. There was only a a short stint this season in which his number ballooned. And I read that earlier today. Uh, In a couple of three appearances, he gave up, I think it was nine or ten runs, which caused his numbers to balloon. Uh, The rest of the time was... 30-something appearances and gave up like a total of like six runs, four runs. I mean, he was he was unhittable for a long period of time. And now he's – and even in his last few outings, he's been extremely solid. So I I don't necessarily agree with that. You you know, if you're, if you're going to say, well, he was starting to, starting to fail, it's time to get rid of him. Okay, okay, maybe you can go with that, but I don't think that's the case. I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think that he was just a, a money casualty, for lack of a better term. They just didn't want to pay him. They got Woodruff. They've got, uh, you know, Corbin Burns. They got other guys coming up. And they just they got to pick their poison as to who they're going to pay. And it's, it's you know what it is? It's peeling off the white glove, taking it and slapping you in the face as a Brewers fan saying, wake up, this is what it's like to be a small market fan. It's what it is. Um, now, I, you know, I, I, I guess if you want to look at it as the in Stern's We Trust motto, you can go back and say, you know, yeah, the you hope that what David Stern's made a deal for pans out because he's been pretty good, and I think you do have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But what this trade means for the Brewers? Well, first of all, it means that Milwaukee's going to have a regular closer who's not Josh Hader for the first time since he took over in the ninth inning back in 2018. So that's the first thing. Uh, Between his somewhat recent struggles and then Devin Williams, who's been really solid, it's made it somewhat easier to accept, uh, though it's reasonable to think that Milwaukee's bullpen as a whole might take a step backward as a result because of what you may or may not have is depth now. Hater's departure also is going to free up some money so they can put it elsewhere. Um, but I'll say this for those that say, well, now go out and get this guy or that. You're not going out and getting a guy. What you're doing is, is freeing up money to retain your own guys. 
That's it. Um, you know, he was owed eleven million this season, making him the second highest paid player on the Brewers roster behind Christian Yelich. You know? So you know, Rogers uh has a full season salary of over seven million, meaning the difference uh, the rest of the way is less than just two million bucks between them. Who really cares? Uh, as far as the Padres go, it's simple. The Padres were able to get, you know, Hader, quite possibly the game's best reliever over the course of his career for a package of extraneous players. Rodgers has underperformed and was months away from free agency. Lamette had not demonstrated he belonged in the big leagues consistently. Neither Ruiz nor Gasser were one of the, the Padres' best young prospects. And it's rare to be able to land a potential impact talent like Hader, even in the form of a reliever, without giving up a player that the team's definitely going to miss. And the Padres accomplished that here, though. Even if there is a chance that Hader is on the downswing, it's it's a worthwhile bet. You take it. One that could upgrade the Padres' bullpen without jeopardizing their pursuit of Juan Soto or another trade at the trade deadline addition. So... Reaction continues to pour in. I mean, you know, you wait and see. I don't. I I would guess that the Brewers are not done. That maybe what they do is take this deal and what they just got, package it with some of their own stuff, and maybe continue to move. There are rumors out right now that the Brewers uh, are not, uh, or at least the calls to the Brewers are not done. Teams are checking in on uh, the Brewers catcher Omar Narvaez. Narvaez is 30, making $5 million bucks this year before becoming a free agent at the end of the season, that uh, it could possibly be a Narvaez trade in the works. So I, you know, we'll wait and see what happens there, but that's that's also a possibility. There's also some talk out there that Colton Wong is being shopped. Bob Nightingale tweeted that the Brewers made Narvaez and Wong also available at the same time as Hader a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, a lot of reaction. Uh, this is from Dan who writes, uh, better, be for, better be more trades coming. Otherwise, we just got worse as a division leader. I'm sure that the Cubs and Cardinals are rejoicing. Uh, this is from Marvin who says, uh, why trade Hader, one of the best relievers in baseball, it only weakens the back end of your bullpen for some prospects that could have, would have, should have. Uh, the Padres just got better. The Brewers can pack their cash. Well, I can't say that, uh, but he said the Brewers can pack their cash somewhere uh, and sit on that because they didn't get any better. They're not doing anything to right now better this team uh, unless there's more moves to be made. Terry says, makes me sick to think that you finally grow up a guy that turns out to be so good as a Milwaukee Brewer only to trade him away because of money. Same old, same old for the small market team. Um, Over on the Bud Light live stream, Fred says, I don't think they're done trading. John says, I can't help but feel that we got fleeced. Uh, Randy says, a Brewer's got two players, 30-plus. Not sure that's going to make them better or better for the future. Why not get a few more younger guys instead? Um, then again, if you're trying to win in the here and the now, uh, let me ask you this, and I'm going to ask this and then we're going to go to break. And this is the question I want you to answer. Do you think the Brewers are trying to win with this deal? Or do you think the Brewers were just simply shedding money? If you had to choose one, 
what is it? Do you think the Brewers are pushing the chips in the middle of the table and they're not done and they're trying to win with this deal? Because they're a division leader, three games up on the Cardinals. Do you think the Brewers are trying to win or do you think they just wanted to get rid of money? Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show continues on. And don't forget about our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. Uh, we are heading out on Friday. We're heading to Sturgis. And some of the things that I'm taking with me uh, for a little grilling out, we're going to do some Robert's specialty meats, whether it's the Al Capone sausages or some burgers and such that are pre-prepared. But I'm also taking some of the Burn Pit Barbecue sauce with me. So uh, we're going to do a little get-together for some people out there come Saturday night. And uh, you better believe that uh, between Robert's Specialty Meats down in Waukesha and our friends at BurnPitBBQ.com that uh, we are going to be well represented uh, coming up on Saturday. So really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. So if you're uh, if you're thinking about doing a little barbecuing, you can't go wrong with either. Whether it's Robert's Specialty Meats down in Waukesha, go to RobertSpecialtyMeatsWaukesha.com or our friends at BurnPitBBQ.com. That's BurnPitBBQ.com, both places absolutely awesome so josh Hader dealt the brewers pick up uh yet another pitcher and uh, some other prospects we'll say some guys that have shown uh, some flash um the one thing that as we sit here and watch this kind of unfold um i can't help but think like many of you that there's going to be something else um coming you know, there, there's just there's something else. Uh, our buddy Steve writes, uh, the hater trade did come as somewhat of a surprise, but I have to say uh, at the same hunch as you do, I think that David Stearns has something up his sleeve that isn't done yet. That being said, I do think they are pushing the chips to the middle of the table uh, to get over the hump. Although Hater has been nothing short of amazing the last month or so, he has struggled, and I think the Brewers have seen enough from Devin Williams to trust him. I still look for David Stearns to work something out in the next day. Do you think the Brewers are going for it and getting better? Or do you think that this was strictly a deal to shed money? Uh, Brian says, I feel like the Brewers are trying to shed money, but I also feel like they've got something else going that, that's going to work to something pretty big, and these pieces are going to be part of that. Why else would you make this deal? Uh, Brantley says the Brewers did an exceptional job of maximizing the return for Josh Hader without meaningfully diminishing their chance to make the 2022 playoffs. Strong work by David Stearns and his staff. Brantley, when you say diminish the playoffs opportunities, um, I, I hope you're right. And I don't know. We're going to wait and see. It's hard. I, I, I think from what I'm reading, from both sides, uh, Padres fans feel like the Brewers got the best of them. While the public sentiment, uh, I was just reading an article in sports, all right, uh, CBS Sports, that said nah, the Brewers got some guys that haven't been able to show steadiness in the bigs, that haven't returned to form for Josh Hader strictly to shed money. So I don't know specifically what to think at this point. 
I can just look at the numbers and say, well, they got some quality if the quality can put it together and be quality consistently. Yeah, they got some good pieces, but I like you kind of feel like there's another deal in the works. Uh, Brian says maybe shedding some salary to sign, maybe sign a Juan Soto. No, <laughs> that's not happening. You're not giving up 11 million bucks so you can take on 450 million bucks. That ain't happening. Bill, I that's do have some happening. minor breaking news that I was just Uh-oh, texting someone about. Got? I It doesn't require the sounder. So old friend Dave Carney has chimed in on Twitter asking us how yes. we feel about this move. Now he tagged you. He tagged myself. He tagged a couple others. Did you notice who he did not tag in that tweet? Uh, I know I saw it come across, but I haven't checked it out. No grant bills. So oh, some, maybe some trouble out there in lacrosse. <laughs> sometimes I always say that sometimes what's not said speaks louder than what is. I'm learning. I get it. I've learned a I lot. Get it. Uh, Eric says, this is great. San Diego Padre fan. Um, Eric is a San Diego Padre fan. Uh, fan underscore Wisconsin says, come on, Bill. History shows you they're doing nothing more than shedding money. They are currently operating at their highest team salary in history. Mark wants to buy a share of a soccer franchise. He has made over a billion in valuation since buying the team. Yeah, but again, you don't have that money sitting in your pocket. Uh, the small market cry is bull. And if you think the brewers are going to reallocate money to burn Burns and Woodruff, I have a swamp to sell you. We show loyalty and Mark shows disrespect. You have been an anti-Mark fan, though, for a long time. So I'm taking that with a grain of salt. Uh, You got to hope that they're going to spend money in those particular areas. You, You just you just have to. Just have to. Um, let's see here. Uh, how do you think they got Josh to begin with? He was a throne. David is a genius. Milwaukee will come out on top for this one. That's from David. Uh, and Mark says, uh, this team is doing nothing more than shedding salary. You hope that the prospects pan out, but otherwise at least they can look at their budget at the end of the day and say, yep, we saved 11 million bucks. Really? You're only saving a couple million. You already paid him a majority of the season. And the only thing you're saving is next year because you're not going to pay him whatever the, the rise out of arbitration would happen to be. So that's it. You're not you're not saving, you know, like a ton of money this year. What you would be saving is more so the, the, the 11 to 17, 18 million bucks that you'd set pay him in arbitration come next year. That's it. So nothing more than that. Uh, Eric says, uh, no way in hell this is a good deal for the Milwaukee Brewers. They're not going for it. They're getting rid of money. Uh, Boomer says, no way Mark Antanasio is not going to go for it. I believe that he wants to win a championship, and I think this is just a piece of the plan. There has to be more to come, right? Daniel says, David Stearns has something up his sleeve. Let's just wait and see this whole thing played out. Um, This one's from uh, Dan who says, if the Brewers get a win uh, and continue to win, then I'm going to feel better about all of this. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Uh, Breaking news of the day. If you're a Brewers fan, you probably already heard it. But nevertheless, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers have traded away the reliever Josh Hader for uh, for some players, four players specifically, out of the Padres organization. 
And uh, now you just kind of wait and see. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Another another segment yet to go. Broadcasting live out here. Wild Ridge Golf Course in Eau Claire, where the skies have only a couple of puffy clouds left. Man, they're all blue now. It's beautiful out here. And uh, obviously a beautiful golf course, a hidden gem in the state of Wisconsin. If you've never played here, it's just absolutely awesome. As you're looking at it right now with some of the cameras on the Bud Light live stream, a terrific, terrific place here uh, out at uh, out in Eau Claire. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Wrapping it up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have a busy week ahead with practices every day, followed by family night this Friday here at Lambeau Field. Now, over the weekend, the Packers worked on special teams and had rookie wide receiver Romeo Dobbs returning punts. He also hauled in touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Dobbs says of the receivers he studied, from Hall of Famer Jerry Rice to somebody like Jordy Nelson, they've all had one thing in common, preparation. Even the greatest ones, they, they preparation is so high to where they get at that maximum level, and it becomes a it becomes a practice for them. Jordan Love had the play of the day. Under pressure, he rolled to his left, then launched a 55-yard bomb to the right sideline and hit Romeo Dobbs in stride during a two-minute drill. Yeah, um, it's one of those plays that you hear them calling the huddle, and you're like, okay, I hope we get this look on defense, the perfect look, and be able to launch that ball back. Um, and, and that's what happened. We got to the line. I was like, okay. We got a shot for it, and saw Romeo come out, and it just worked out. You know, uh, he, he, he finished the playoff nicely, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. How has Jordan Love improved at quarterback in year three? Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. The whole operation from getting the play call and the command in the huddle and then being able to go out there and effectively execute with a with the proper technique. And certainly he's going to get a lot more reps, you know, throughout the course of the preseason. And there's no substitute for live game reps. You know, Aaron does a great job with him in our meeting room in terms of just giving him nuggets all the time. Jordan's been through it now for a couple of years, and I think he, he hangs on to those things and, and truly learns from not only his experiences out there, but the other quarterbacks in the room. That's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Broadcasting live out here in uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, Wild Ridge Golf Course. That's uh, where we are located. And John Morosi um, says, and I quote, the Brewers did an exceptional job of maximizing the return for Josh Hader without meaningfully diminishing their chance to make the 2022 playoffs. Strong work by David Stearns and his staff. So John Morosi uh, which, by the way, John Morosi is, uh, you know, is with the MLB Network, um, did not say the Brewers did an excellent job of upping their chances in the postseason. What it said was they didn't do a lot to diminish their chances in the postseason. They maximized their return without meaningfully diminishing their chances doesn't tell me that the Brewers went in. This tells me that the Brewers saved money. Now, 
Uh, Taylor Rogers, who they got in the deal, eight fourteen ERA since May twenty eighth. Denilson Lamette, nine forty nine ERA this season. Ruiz, he's got a two twenty two batting average this season. Robert Gasser, four eighteen ERA as a twenty three year old at A plus level, three levels below Major League Baseball. Ruiz barely's had any major league at bats, and they have been sporadic at best. You check out his minor league stats for the year. And as one person from San Diego put it, what the Brewers got in return were a bunch of lottery tickets. Um, And again, I, I said before, do you think the Brewers – we're going in to get better or just going in to shed money? So there you go. And it, it kind of, it, you know, now again, if the prospects pan out, then you say, you know what? You got a, a fair return for Josh Hader, one of the one of the game's top relievers, who you still had control of even next year. But if you got prospects and, as they put it, lottery tickets for Josh Hader, that's that's not necessarily the way to go. Lamette can be nasty. He can be nasty if they can get if the Brewers pitching staff can get him back to his form. He can be nasty. So. We'll, uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, again, it's it's you got to wait for it to pan out, like any trade. But the emotional reaction of this deal, everybody wants to say whether it's good or bad. The emotional reaction of this deal is you lose a fan favorite in Josh Hader. Now we wait and see if David Stearns did indeed get the better of the San Diego Padres. So, Mister Mojo says the Brewers were robbed. Dan says, so it falls on the Brewers. They gave him the money, and after the injury, knowing they could give less at the time, Burns is going to be the next chip to fall within a couple of years. Uh, all that elite pitching is going to go away for absolutely nothing. Welcome to minor league baseball. So we'll see. See what happens. Do you think they got the better end of the deal, Ben? Do you think the Brewers are more competitive? Nope. I don't either. I mean, not after what I'm reading. It could end up fine, but I think with where they're at, I don't agree with this move at all. Yeah. I'm I'm not uh Doesn't it feel like it. game 5 of the NLDS is in Milwaukee somehow and the Padres are in town and then Josh Hader closes that game? Doesn't it kind of feel like that's what's bound to happen? Yep. And here's here's my other thought is I, I said and I, I had that feeling a while ago and I'm trying to talk myself out of it now and I'm going to stick with it because I'm, I'm going to go with what I what I thought. I said if you trade Josh Hader now versus the end of the season, it's it smells like you're just doing it for money. Therefore, you're you're basically diminishing a portion of your team. And if you're diminishing your team, you're not getting better for the postseason. And that's exa- almost exactly what John Morosi said. That the Brewers did a great job of getting lottery tickets in return without seriously diminishing their postseason hopes. And damn it, I am not about just getting to the postseason. I'm about winning in the postseason. 
And if you're just if your thoughts are just to get there, then you're doing all of this fan base a disservice. I, I just that that's kind of the way I'm feeling right now. Maybe tomorrow after it sinks in, I'll look at it a little differently. But right now, I I, I hope it works out. But I I, I just I'm going to stick with my gut on this. There you go. That's it. Going to go ahead and uh, get out of here. Thanks to the staff and management of Wild Ridge here out in Eau Claire. Beautiful golf course, as you've been looking at all day, if you're following on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. Find us on Google Podcasts as well. The Brewers make a deal. Josh Hader now off to the San Diego Padres, and we'll see and get reaction to all of this coming up tomorrow as the Brewers are now in Pittsburgh, and they're going to be without Josh. So there you have it. Time for us to go. Have a going. Hoop. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.